Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity, the McDowell. The McDowell. How yeah. you doing, Dimity? I, I hear you're kind of racy these days. <laughs> oh, in so many ways, Sarah. You don't even, don't even, you know, that's a lot to unpack. Um, but yes, I um, I was in Indianapolis, Indiana, in case you were unaware of which state that's in. Um, for the 4th of July. Uh, actually, I was there over the 4th of July. I was there for volleyball it was a junior national tournament so Amelia mm-hmm. and her team were there mm-hmm. um so I was there from a Tuesday until uh Tuesday morning we left at 6 a.m and we got home on Saturday night at about 9 30 p.m and mm-hmm. um you never know like when you know we made these reservations I don't know probably this winter mm-hmm. and um so you're like you gotta be there to play because you never know if you're gonna be in the morning pool the afternoon pool blah 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 so long story short is we landed in Indy um, at like 9 a.m. on Tuesday. Her first game was not until 5 o'clock on Wednesday. So, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that is just a lot of time to kill uh, with like no car. And I mean, you know, obviously it's we're not we're not racing around and doing a bunch of things because she's got to save her energy for a lot of volleyball. But anyway, so, um, so we were walking around a little bit. We were walking down Mass Ave. If people know Indianapolis, it's kind of a cool little street. We walked by the food market to, on the way to get up there. It's kind of like a, um, it's not called a food market. What's it called? Like when they have a food hall, mm-hmm. a food hall, city market, it might've been called. And, um, and they had a sign out that said firecracker six, you know, mm-hmm. on July 4th, you know, starts and ends here or something like that. And I was like, oh, well, that's something for me to do (laughs) in between all these other, you know, endless hours of nothing slash volleyball. Um, So yeah, so it was a six mile or 6K. So I went back, that was Wednesday morning. Uh I went back to the hotel and was doing some work and I was like, I'll just look it up and see, you know, exactly what it is. And um, so the registration was either $35 for one person or four for 99. And who doesn't love a deal, right? <laughs> Few things that Timothy loves more than a BOGO. <laughs> exactly. So I roped in on a little group meet chat. I was like, okay, I know this is random, not related, but um, not volleyball related, NVR. Um, but, you know, does anyone want to do this race with me? It's either a 6K or six miles. And I got two parents to do it. Then we finally got another one. So uh-huh. I basically roped in people so I could save $10. <laughs> um, Was it really worth your time? Yeah, exactly. Well, they all had a good time. So yes, yeah, so we had two dads and one mom do it. Um, two did the 6K. And then I did the six mile with um, this other dad named Gavin, who happens to be um, a, uh, former pro triathlete. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ringer so in the house. Kind of joking around. I'm like, so we're standing at the starting like, So what are you thinking? Like sub 45. And he's like, oh, there's, it's, this isn't a 10 K. It's just six miles. He's like, I got to go sub 40. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'll see you at the finish line, Gavin. Exactly. So, so I did. I mean, it was a little out and back. Um, uh, there was an aspect of that on one part of the course. And so um, I did take some pictures of Gavin running very fast. Nice, nice. I was back and I was still on my out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was fun. I mean, you know, I mean, as everybody here is probably well aware of by now, I don't really race anymore. I don't, or at least running. And I mean, I guess I did swim run last year about this time. Um, mm-hmm. So I was in a race then, but 
like to just like be like, okay, you know what, let's just go for it, you know, and it, that just takes the pressure off. There was, I mean, not that I really had any pressure anyway, but like, I'm like, you know, six miles was a long way for me to run my longest yeah. run. I mean, um, I think we did four, four miles in some of the race, like a mother programs, like the kickoffs. So we did oh. those, we stopped for strength. So four miles oh. is kind of my max. So adding two onto that. Um, Dimity, Dimity, that is 50% further distance i know i I broke some rules what would the coaches in the train like a mother club have to say about this i know exactly well if i was training for it would be a different thing but um but yeah it was fun and i mean it started at eight and you know it's humid and it's Mm -hmm. hot i mean it's definitely a different beast than running in colorado so but it was it was fun i mean i i remembered a lot of things about why i love racing and why yeah, I don't love racing. So at some point I'll put together a post about that. What? I did see that your shirt was just drenched, like from pretty much the whole top half of your shirt, because it was kind of a pretty kind of aqua blue light. Yes, blue. exactly. Well, that was the only so I, you know, I hadn't come with the idea and I would I mean if I knew I was gonna do a, a fourth of July race, I would have, you know, done it up as far as like red, white, and blue or whatever. Yeah. But that's the only like semi-patriotic thing I had um so I wore that it was very drenched um yeah but it was fun I mean it was just it was it was just nice to be you know out there and part of it right and just to like stand at the starting line and um yeah it was it was a good day Oh, good. Good. Yes. I'd love to see a race report about that, Dimity. I, I am going to do that. It probably won't yeah. be until the end of July, but I did take some notes. So I'll remember. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I was really riveting six miles, but, um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, I'm really glad I did it. And everyone else, the three that were kind of like, uh, you know, they were really glad they did it. Like you're never going to regret, mm-hmm. you know, if you can do something more or less, you know, um, if it's not going to physically harm you, I always say, you know, I think you should just go for it. So I did. Yeah. Yeah, and it was serendipity, you know, that you just were there and, you know, just kind Yeah, of exactly. Well, it made me realize that, like, doing that kind of thing really, you know, I mean, it's it's fun to go. I mean, I love to watch Amelia play volleyball. You know, that's not, I like to go to those tournaments, but it's also nice to have something that just, like, kind of takes you out of that world a little bit. Otherwise, it's pretty much, like, convention center, hotel room, convention mm-hmm. center, hotel room, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, so just to have a little something for yourself is is nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very nice very nice well I and you were in San Francisco you did a little bike ride I was in San Francisco and gosh I did just such great workouts in San Francisco I mean that that is pretty much the main reason I went to San Francisco was uh to to do some workouts in the uh you know and, and I worked during the day and I took my older daughter Phoebe down and one of her friends so part of it was to spend time with her and just kind of revisit my glory days in San Francisco where I used to live before I moved here to Portland almost two decades ago. And so I brought my bike down because I drove the um, Chrysler Pacifica and, um, and I brought my bike on previous trips to different places. And it just gives you such freedom to have two wheels. And so I did one ride across the bridge and then Golden Gate Bridge and through Golden Gate Park and all this stuff. And then I was like, no, I'm going to do this ride that I used to do, which is people have been to San Francisco when you look north into Marin um, from San Francisco. So you're looking north across the Golden Gate Bridge and there's what are called the Marin Headlands, which uh, branch out to the west immediately after you go across the Golden Gate Bridge. And they are stunningly beautiful and just rise up above the Pacific, you know, right where the, the gate, the Golden Gate, um, goes into the bay. 
and hello, Banjo. How are you? Sorry, I'm like downstairs. He's way upstairs. I'm closing my office door. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. So anyway, so I'm like, I'm going to do that. So rode across the bridge and then started that climb. I did not have my road bike with me. I had a hybrid bike, doesn't have a ton of gears. And I just grinded my way to the top of that thing. And then, um, and it was kind of foggy. It was very, I, you know, iconic San Francisco. And from the back, from there, the, you know, you can turn around and go back the same way you came up, but then there's this beautiful valley right behind it called Gerbode Valley. And there's two ways to get into that valley. And one way would be once you're at the top of the headlands is to go down this very narrow one-way road that there's a guardrail keeping you from flying off into the Pacific Ocean. But uh, I, I don't know. I've always thought if you were going fast enough, you would just go hurtling off into the abyss. And you yeah, know, that's I, not really your scene. I don't yeah, think. Well, I used to do it. I used to do okay. it for sure. And, um, and I just thought this was the first time I'd done it as a mom. And I just thought, no, there are people who are counting on me. Like, sure. I, I'm not, cause, I mean, it's, and I don't, I um, haven't tuned up my bike yet this season. And I was like, oh, what if my brakes fail? So I turned around, went halfway down, then dropped back into the valley. And oh, oh I was just in heaven, in heaven. So um, before I decided that I want to be composted when my time comes, um, I used to say that I wanted my ashes scattered over Gerbode Valley. So that's how much I love this valley. So Sweet. That sounds awesome. I yes. love it. I love it. Little adventures on vacation. Yes. Yes. It's so, a good theme. Uh, yes. So well, let's move into questions. This one comes from Pam in Decatur, Georgia. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Pam calling from Decatur, Georgia. I am calling today to ask if we can talk a little bit about the comparison trap. You know, we all know that we shouldn't do it, but we all do it. So I ran a 5K recently that I trained really hard for, and then I just had a terrible day out there. It ended up being because I was sick with the crud, thanks to daycare. Um, but, you know, it kind of makes me mad that there are people out there who – can go out and run a 5K or even a 10K or a longer distance out there and they'll be sick or having an otherwise bad day and they can still pull it out and run really fast. I call them fast holes. Anyways, um, you know, and then I feel guilty for feeling upset about it because, you know, it really doesn't matter and I know that being middle of the packer, my crappy days may be other people's fast days. Um, anyway, so I wondered if you guys had any advice in dealing with that. Um, you know, and let's be honest, logic is never really invited to the pity parties. Um, so anyways, yeah, I would love any tips you guys uh, have to avoid the comparison trap or um, if not avoided, at least uh, get ourselves out of it. Thanks so much. Bye. Well, Dim, I think we would um, under oath both testify that we at times compare ourselves to oh. others. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, yeah. that is, you know, that is human nature, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking a lot about this question um, prior to us talking. And I mean, one of the things that is so hard um, about running is that there's no, like, there's no, like, um, if you look at a tree, you know, like there's branches that go off. Like I know Pam is a, is a librarian for a law firm. And, you know, I'm sure that she may compare herself to maybe her coworkers or somebody else who's also in the field, but there's so many aspects to that job, right? There's like, mm. oh, I'm a really good researcher. I'm really good at putting together reports. I'm really good at this, that, you know, there's, there's so many layers of, of, you know, most things in life mm -hmm. and running and a lot of endurance sports come down to one number. 
Mm-hmm. That is just, I mean, that's the beauty of it. And that's also the really harsh part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what is, I mean, that's, I think that's sometimes why we can take it so hard because like, if you do a bad thing at work, like you're like, okay, but I can divert myself and go look over here and do something else where the next day you're going to get up and run the exact, you know, like there's, it's always just the numbers are just coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but just having some perspective on those numbers, which is kind of what we want to help her with. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, comparison can be, there can be a positive to it. It, you know, it's not always a bad thing that it can spur you to push yourself harder when it gets kind of challenging or to be more diligent in your training. And if that's what you're into, you know, so um, the key thing is to use comparison to make yourself better, not to knock other people down, even if it's only in your own head. I mean, we, we, um, we know Pam and we know she probably doesn't utter the phrase fast hole out loud. I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. I had to listen to the message twice to hear what she said. Yeah. Gavin might be a fast hole except for that. Yeah. I know him. So he's a good guy. I know that. But if I were to see him in the race, I would be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause yeah. he, I, you know, I mean, I, I know that I don't think he's trained a lot, but again, he just has that like muscle memory and mm-hmm. he's, he's a fast hole. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, um, I mean, my feeling is my first thought is if you fall into that comparison trap and it makes you feel lousy, makes you have, you know, negative feelings about yourself and your effort, big thing would be to stay off social media. It's just a swamp of numbers and comparisons and photos and, you, sure. you know, the little times that say off to the side, you know, I'm like, oh, that person did their training run faster than I could ever hope to run a 10K. Sure, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you need to take a break from that, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, and I realize this is maybe feeling like a little too like high and mighty, but I really think it's important to go into a race that means something for you with something besides a time goal. Mm-hmm. And, and it doesn't have to be it can be a time related goal. Like as in, I want to get, here's a 5k. I want to get faster each mile. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I, you know, or if it's a half marathon, I want to make sure that I feel really well and I run my last mile feeling really strong. Mm-hmm. Or it could be, I want to, you know, take a selfie every mile or whatever it is, but something that doesn't relate to the only outcome. If the only outcome that you're focused on is the time on the clock at the end of the day, that mm-hmm. is, you know, that's, that can be lovely on some days and it can set you up to really feel like crap, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I think having, you know, a, not, not that that goal will always, I mean, again, like, I feel like you, it's like, you have to be like really mature and kind of to think about it. Um, I think, you know, it's not like, I'll be like, Oh, let's just say she ran 30 minute 5k and she wanted to run like 27, but she got faster each one. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just saying that is, you know, I'm not saying that that that's going to take the sting of being three minutes slower than she wanted to be. But then if with time, you can take that perspective and say, okay, look what I did there. And let's Mm -hmm. go take it and try it again. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, you know me, Dim, you've, you've hung around with me a little bit. I'm an optimist and I can always find a a glimmering nugget in, in all the effort, you know, all the workouts, all the races, you know, I can find an upside um, give me a couple minutes and I can find an upside to, to all of them. But so, you know, I think, I think that is important to be able to, if you have those multiple goals, then you can, that can be the nugget that you polish out of your race. And that, yeah, you know, hopefully as it gets a little shinier, you know, can make you feel better about yourself and, and, you know, s- to focus on your strengths, you know, so, okay. So Pam, you know, maybe your 5k wasn't as speedy as you had, had hoped for or, ha- or your training times had indicated you could do, but, you know, remind yourself about, 
a great half marathon you ran last month or that you crushed a week of workouts recently or you know maybe that you did your morning workout even after your you know puking preschooler had you up five times a night you know whatever it is just everybody's in a different pair of shoes and that the in in the pair you are what what have you been able to do on that path that you can feel good about yeah yeah and then just like i mean and there's also um i mean i've i've read enough um like race reports and stuff where if you feel really crappy after a race you get 24 hours to to be all gloom and doom about it and then you get and then and it's time to move on right mm-hmm. i mean i think she's really smart about saying you know logic is never really invited to the pity parties mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. all you know have those whether or not you're running the exact race you want to or not i mean we just mm-hmm. all have peaks and valleys so you know when you find yourself in a valley and you might you know be deeper than you want to be because of a race result like that's okay. But then, but then what's our, our next step forward, you know, let, let it, let it like marinate for a bit and then be like, okay, now that's enough, Pam, let's go. (laughs) You know, I mean, because at the end of the day, I mean, I, and again, this, it's not logical, but I know that you know this and I know that we all know this, you know, just being out there is, is a huge gift and, um, and to not, and, you and I know that she knows this, and I know I know everyone listening knows that. But to, you gotta sometimes you out and just honor that and be like, okay, wasn't my day, but look at I'm in like one percent. I mean, we've done the math, you know. I mean, there's like less than one percent of Americans are runners, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I mean, okay, so yeah, so you weren't as fast as you were wanted to be in the in the small fish pond that you're in right now. But then let's zoom out to Lake Michigan and holy cow, look at you! You're like. <laughs> you know, surfing the waves because <laughs> their waves are just surfing. Like. Yeah, right, right, right. I'm remembering, Tiffany, I'm, I'm taken back in my mind to uh, when you and I ran Nike Women's Marathon in 2007, the race that got this whole thing started. And um, oh, I'm, I'm sure you know, but I was just so crushed that I didn't meet my time goal in that race. And w- went back to our hotel and, you know, we each had separate rooms. We were, we were, getting treated to be down there. And uh, so we had that luxury and I just cried and cried and cried. But then we went out to lunch at a place that unfortunately is no longer in business. It's called Witchcraft. It was that really awesome sandwich place south of market in San Francisco. And by about two thirds of the way through, you asked me something like, well, how are you feeling about things? And I was like, you know, Dimity, it's like, I have so much to be thankful for. And I remember I got kind of choked up being like, you know, I have three healthy children. Like I, what is this marathon time in the grand scheme of things? You know, know, it's a little maudlin, but um, you know, it's true. It's true. I mean, and and so zoom forward to like last week, that's that just you're sharing that story reminds me. I mean, um, Amelia's team did not, (laughs) did not start out strong. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we came with all these expectations and the first two games, they didn't play to their potential. And, um, and as a result that put them at a, like uh, just moved them around in the brackets in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I got home after waiting for, you know, 48 hours to play more or less, you know, um, on Wednesday night. And I was like despondent. I mean, I was like going to tweet like something about being a sports parent. And I was like, no, Dimity, just like, it's not, it's not a conversation you need to get into right now. It was like 10 o'clock at night, like Mm -hmm. time to go to bed, you know? And, um, but, but then I started thinking like, okay, what are all the good things going on right now? okay, they may have lost, but BFD at the end of the day, right? Yeah. You know, like it's hard because you're so invested, but that's a good, that's a good thing to be. It's good to be invested, but it's also good to have perspective. Yeah. 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 Show should care. Show should care. Yeah. All right. I think we need to move yeah. on. Otherwise yeah. we could talk about this all day long. <laughs> yes. AMR one answer question. One answer. <laughs>
This question comes from Emily in southern rural Minnesota. Hi, my name is Emily calling from southern rural Minnesota. And um, funny side story, do not try to call 1-800-BADASS-1 because it's uh, some kind of triple X sort of phone line. (laughs) So don't call that number. Yeah, I had to look up the right one. My question is regarding foam rolling and whether or not I should do that um, like before or after I take an ice bath. Um, I could see the benefit of both, and so I'm just curious what is the most beneficial um, to roll, like, right after I run or wait until I'm cooled down and take, like, a cold bath um, beforehand because then the muscles are cold. So, anyway, um, thanks so much. Love the podcast. Glad I got the number right. Okay, so I love that. Don't call (laughs) 1-800-BADASS-1. I know. I I had to to put that question in here just for that alone. That is awesome. (laughs) But it also, um, you know, can let us kind of string out two things, which is, I think we have to start by saying that, you know, I, I, I was a huge fan of ice baths, really believed in them. I took them after all my long runs when I uh, set my marathon PR, but that was a decade ago, maybe, and that the science behind them has been debunked now. And so that, you know, it, Emily, if you want to skip that ice bath, you go right ahead and skip it because they're, it hasn't been shown that they're beneficial. I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I think that that, I mean, not to be um, disrespectful, Sarah, but I think that research has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's ever been anything that says like, oh, this is definitely going to help you with recovery. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. just has never been that study. But I think that there's a placebo effect and I do think that it feels good. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there are, I do feel, I used to feel like a little bit livelier after I got out, after I survived it. (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, there's a lot of recovery is so nebulous, right? Does massage help? Does dry needling help? Like, you know, if it feels like, if it, if you think it helps you, I say do it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And it definitely makes you feel badass. I know it certainly made me feel that way. Yeah. So, um, but the timing of rolling, I think my vote would be, that, you know, there's, there's different reasons for different times, but my vote would be for one that Emily has not mentioned, which is to do it before a run. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it helps you get the most out of your run and perform your best in that effort. And yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, uh, so we do a lot of work with Colleen Riddick Losh, who is the master trainer from Trigger Point that's come to our retreats. And she just was a expert in our many happy miles for the month of June. She did some live foam rolling sessions and she is a huge fan of rolling before a run. So mm-hmm. if you haven't done that, I mean, I think that that would make the most difference right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think um, if she is, wants to do it, you know, I mean, first of all, kudos for asking this question, because I mean, it's like, you know, self-care and self-care on top of yeah, self-care, right? right? Which is right. like, you know, I mean, most of us are like, oh, oh, wait, I supposed to eat something after the run? I right. Um, right. So, yeah. yeah, but I mean, you're definitely, your muscles are going to, I don't, I don't think that they would take very well to rolling after an ice bath. Oh. I think they would just, I, I mean, I can hear my muscles screaming in agony over that. Kind of cracking, a little, like, yes. like, you know, like viscerally cracking. Yeah. So do it before, um, you know, but I personally, I would probably space it out a little bit. Um, I would probably not do one. I would, I would space it out, you know, it's yeah, so like maybe do phone it. roll and then get right into the ice bath. I would. Maybe ice bath and then before bed. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. A foam roll just another time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So this is from Shannon, uh, north of the border in Ontario, Canada. 
Hi, guys. My name is Shannon. Uh, I'm a mother runner to a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. I'm calling from Ontario in Canada. I've been running on and off for about 10 years. I've just recently registered for my first half marathon in September. My question is, how many shoes do I need? I was recently told that I should have a few shoes to rotate through. A cushy shoe for long runs and a minimalist shoe for shorter or tempo runs. I'm just so confused because I've only ever had one pair of shoes on the go at once. Also, what are your favorite shoe brands? Okay, thanks so much. Love the show. Many happy miles to you. Shoes. How many shoes do you need? I mean, you know, how many shoes, like, you know, are we Imelda Marcos? Are we, um, yeah. I mean, so it's funny because someone was asking me, I was filling in for Coach Amanda in the Train Like a Mother Club while she was off doing, um, I think it was like a mission work um, in oh. Appalachia with her, one of her kids, which is pretty yeah. cool yeah. for a week. But anyway, so I was doing Ask the Coach and, and somebody asked about buying, um, a fa- you know, a, a pair of racers to, to race in her marathon. And I was like, honestly, I would wear shoes that you like and save that money and put it towards self-care, like massages in the middle of a training cycle instead of, uh-huh. you know, buying one pair of shoes for running. Um, because sometimes it's the gear that, um, you know, you think the gear is going to make a huge difference, but really it's the training and the, and the dedication, the consistency and, mm-hmm. um, and taking care of the, the motor, which is you, right? Right, right. Particularly because this is her first half marathon, you know, so, okay, so she's been a runner off and on for 10 years. So she's, um, you know, not a novice, but that this is her first half marathon. So really she's, you know, her goal should be to complete the race. So I don't really feel that she needs to be so targeted in her shoe selection. You know, like if, if this was somebody who is like trying to, you know, run a sub 25 K yes, that person should have some racing flats so that they could do their speed workout on the track in it or their tempo run or something like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you put one, you know, like the the different types of shoes that she would get are not going to feel that significantly different. It's not like the cushion long run is going to weigh two pounds a piece and the other, the minimalist ones are just going to be like little feathers on her feet or something. So, um, so, but the important thing, Shannon, is it needs to be the right shoe for you. Um, a right and a left, haha. Um, but it needs, to be the, it needs to be the correct shoe for her. Um, you know, that it's so important to get your shoes professionally fit, at least, you know, the first time that you're, you're going to be choosing your running shoes because they can analyze your gait. They can maybe look at some older shoes of yours to see where the wear patterns are. And, you know, you can talk to them about what you're looking for in a shoe and then um, those you know, professionals at a run specialty store can recommend several pairs where you can try them out. And hopefully if you bought them at a run specialty store, then if they're not right for you, you can return them even after you've worn them for a run or two. Sure. The one thing that you can do, and this is where maybe the idea of, of two pairs of shoes comes in, and this is definitely for anybody who is, you know, whether you're a 15 minute miler or a five minute miler, is letting the the kind of the shoe kind of decompress and air mm-hmm. out. And mm-hmm. it might be from sweat or rain mm-hmm. or just, you know, it might or it might also be air out as in let the foam kind of um replump up. Yeah, replump up. I was gonna say re-blow up. Those are both those are both similarly bad descriptions, but you know what we're talking about. Um, and um, and so that's not a bad idea, and especially because maybe you buy, you know, you can kind of be strategic about when you buy them. So say you like this like specific style, so you buy that right now at the beginning of the training cycle. Maybe buy another pair ten weeks into the training cycle, um, mm-hmm. and then you'll 
you know, start to wear those, kind of rotate between those two pairs and then use that second pair for race day. So it feels yeah. a little bit more, has a little bit more spring to it. Yeah, well, that gives you a little pep in your step on race day. Yeah. And um, I have been noticing, I got a pair of um, shoes, a, a favorite style of mine on uh, a good clearance. And it's a kind of a lightish, almost lavendery kind of color. So it's, a, it's on the lighter end of the spectrum. And gosh, I have noticed how much sweat, how sweaty my shoes get in the summertime. And hmm. the, the uppers, I mean, sure, sure. So that they are darker um, than when I start out. And so I think having the, the, I do like having a pair of shoes and particularly living here in the, um, you know, rainy Pacific Northwest. Um, sometimes, you know, my shoes aren't dry that if I run on a Tuesday and then a Wednesday, if I only had one pair, they might not be dry on Wednesday. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and as her favorite brands, I mean, it's kind of like underwear. It's such a matter of personal preference. Yeah. Not a hanky panky girl. I know everybody <laughs> here loves them. I'm sorry. I just do not like lace up my butt crack. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> and here I was thinking we didn't have enough good one-liners to you make. Asked, you asked me about racy. Um, this is where I'm going. I mean, <laughs> because I mean, I know people that run in hanky pankies and I'm just like, really? I, I, I mean, I'm just like, you know, I'm a cotton, I'm a cotton gap jockey girl. Sorry. <laughs> You're a granny panties. I, I totally am. I own it, man. I, if, if that part of my body, if the most delicate part of my body is uncomfortable, like, sorry, not going to be comfortable overall. <laughs> Thank you ever so much for sharing, Divinity. And I, I mean that sincerely. I love that. Um, yeah. You know that it's, that we're all, you know, so, okay. So there are women out there who are thinking, oh, I love my hanky pankies, you know, so, but it's oh, the there's plenty, there's plenty. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing with shoes, you know, like I really like a lively forefoot and a roomy toe box and having to be able to feel the road under my foot a little bit, but with just, uh, you know, touch of stability and, you know, you might think, well, that sounds like a hideous shoe, Sarah. What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't, well, I'm not sure, a lively, I don't know, I don't think my feet have ever felt lively when I'm running. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I just, I don't have that. I, you know, I'm just like clomp, clomp, clomp. Um, and, and the pictures that I just got from the six mile. Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh. The, are they, does it look like you're walking? No, no. I mean, but I mean, I have one foot off the ground, but um <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, so you got to go try a bunch of ones on. I mean, there's different styles. I mean, right now the trend is a lot of cushion, like Hoka's. Um, you know, um, they've definitely slimmed down their their um, midsole. Midsole. I was just about to say, yeah, the midsole. Um, so it doesn't look as moon booty, but that's definitely <laughs> one um, option that's really popular. Ultras um, do have a super wide toe box, which mm -hmm. um, mimics the natural foot. That feels good. We worked with Saucony for a long time. Those feel great. Brooks are um, really like really known for um, how much they, how much thought they put into design yeah. with as far as runner's foot goes. So mm -hmm. it is, it's such personal preference. And, mm -hmm. um, and, and until you go and try them on, um, mm -hmm. you gotta, you, you won't know. I mean, if I say, oh yes, I love, you know, XYZ shoe. And then you go and try it on, you're like, WTF did me like I was like floating in those or whatever you know you can't um you know XYZ so you, WTF like <laughs> exactly 
<laughs> BFD. How many times can we swear via acronym on these podcasts? You're doing an excellent job of it. Thanks, excellent. thanks. I know, I know, I know. It's your favorite thing when I yes. do that. So. Maybe we should record more in the late afternoon because I think we we are particularly lively. Forget lively forefoot. I think we're more. <laughs> um, all right. This final question is from Brenda in Columbus. Hi, my name is Brenda. I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. I My question is, uh, now that I am a senior runner, I am finding that I don't sleep very well because I'm in menopause, and it's kind of ironic because now my children are grown and out of the house, and I should be able to sleep as much as I want. However, um, it sleep seems to escape me, which makes it difficult for me to get up and run in the morning like I have always done. Um, I've tried to join some running groups here in the area, but they meet at 5 a.m., and that's my prime sleeping time. So if you have any answers for me on how to deal with the menopause and the sleeping, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Sleep. Oh, geez. I know. Sleep is like vitamin S. It's so important. And um, you know, I guess if we're oversharing, I mean, I'm not a menopause sweeping yet, knock on wood. So that's good. I've heard it just really does wreak havoc on your system. So that makes me nervous because I am a sleeper. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, um, I have to say that we know, I reason I chose this is I know that sleep is such a hot topic, no pun intended for us that, um, we episode number 358 was sleep and running and it is by far our most popular episode of our regular podcast. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's loaded with sleep hygiene advice for runners of all ages. So, but some things um, that I pulled out of there and from other places is that, you know, for menopausal runners, I mean, let's state the obvious, keep the room cool because, mm-hmm. you know, particularly oh, I know like when you throw off those covers, you've got to be able to cool down. Like, and yeah. So I, you don't sleep next to your partner if you have one, because yeah. I find, <laughs> oh, Body Jack. on body. <laughs> and Jack is just, oh my God, it's like a blast furnace. Um. Oh. And I, I mean, I like to open the, I mean, I will open that. We have a little, uh, like a slider window above our headboard uh-huh. and I'll open that. I mean, pretty much 365. Like, uh-huh. I don't care if it's 20 degrees below zero outside and blizzarding. I like to have fresh air and I like to have cold air coming yep. right down on me as I sleep. And Grant, <laughs> like, will sometimes, like, he can kind of inch because it's slider, so he can, like, inch it up back on his side. <laughs> no. There's nothing that gets me more riles. Talk about, like, losing my sleep. I'm like, do not touch that window. <laughs> the truth comes out. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. I have to insert a side. I'd note that um so I'm uh, I've been scouting um hotels for possible retreats here in Portland and I get to stay Jack and I get to stay at one of them on Sunday evening I'm very excited and uh just had a meeting with uh the woman and she was like oh yes and do you want a room with one king bed or two queens and I'm like huh uh, uh, I know I should say one king but boy it sure is nice to be able to sleep in a separate <laughs> bed <laughs> exactly exactly I mean there's something nice about that for especially because uh, I, I like to sleep diagonally too like in a queen bed like take that and like you can kind of really really claim your space <laughs> yes yes so and then in addition to keeping the room cool um there are products that can keep your bed cool the expert on that on that podcast 358 recommended this cooling mattress pad that um has like circulating cool water underneath it so um mm. 
you know, and then there's all sorts of sheets that promise to keep you cool. There's mattress pads that promise to do it. Um, pillows, um, you know, so there's, there are a lot of things that can help. Um, and one thing that I have definitely become a big believer in is uh, noon rest. It's a new product from our friends at noon. It has, um, you drink it in less water. That's important to note because the first time I drank it, I drank you know, 16 ounces of it. So I really <laughs> woke up and uh, I always diluted. To, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so small and it has tart cherry and magnesium in it, which are both proven natural sleep aids and it's quite pleasant tasting and, um, it real, oh, it makes me sleep very soundly, which is very pleasant. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, just, I mean, if you get your head going, I mean, it sounds like hers is more of a physical thing, mm-hmm. but I mean, if you get your head going, there's a couple of things that you can do. You can have a, a boring book next to your bed mm-hmm. um, or even just any book. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, personally, I, I fall asleep reading no matter what, but I guess it depends upon the person. Grant can stay up all night reading a book. I'm like, that is not me. <laughs> um, that's a good idea. Um, there are podcasts that I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's one called Sleep With Me. Mm. Um, which is like this guy and either like him or you don't. And oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who I'm talking about? It is. Yeah. I'm forget, forget Alex chime in. If you know the name of that podcast, it's, I think you, uh, that he, yeah, he just tells us a story basically. He kind of like, he just rambles. It, it is sleep with me. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. a good, I mean, it's a good, you know, I mean, if you want your mind to think about nothing, I, I know that there are other places now that have like bedtime stories for adults, mm-hmm. like um, where like I know that Ellie, the uh, nutritionist we work with, she listens to some, you know, someone reading a story. I mean, so that's also nice. Um, I think having a piece of paper and a pen by your bed, if you're definitely like fretting about something or you don't want to mm-hmm. forget something, writing mm-hmm. that down is mm-hmm. um, helpful. Mm-hmm. I also yeah. think. Can I can I suggest another one? Yes, please, Alex. There, there's an app called Atmosphere, uh-huh. and it basically has a bunch of all sorts of different uh, like landscapes or settings out in nature. They range from, I mean, they're all over the place, but you can actually make your own like soundscapes. So they have all these different sounds. You choose which one you want, whatever is calming, relaxing to you, and you can kind of create your own whatever you want. Uh, so I I use that a lot actually. Oh, so it's like an audio painting in a way. Exactly. Audio just painting. Have a, That's the sound of a river and like a campfire and just that. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Set it for an hour and a half and then that puts me to sleep. Oh, that's nice. Because I sometimes on Spotify, like when we travel to Europe, I and I was in a you know, small, warm hotel room with Jack in a smaller <laughs> than usual bed. And so I played some, you know, like water music or whatever under and I put my phone under my pillow so I could hear it but he couldn't hear it quite as loudly oh um, but it but it wasn't I was like oh, yeah that water that rains a little heavy and that that streams a little too gurgly so I like the yeah. idea of being able to kind of um, paint it myself yeah. yes I'll also put in a plug for sleep with me I, I also use that mm-hmm. it's good. good good well I also sometimes the other one that I listen to is the moth sometimes trying to fall mm-hmm. asleep mm-hmm. it's just entertaining you know and there's shorter stories so it's basically people telling real life stories that are I mean I think that's 20 minutes long at the most oh my god one that was so funny mm-hmm. um that I listened to when we landed so we landed in Minneapolis when we did race like a mother our flight was delayed we went to do the kickoff so we landed at like midnight oh boy and it was the um I'm gonna swear again Sarah so I'm just <laughs> just get yourself ready I won't swear, actually. But it was the author of Go the F to Sleep. Go the fuck to sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. He was so funny. And the the whole story of how that whole book evolved. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'll see that. Oh, yeah. Gosh, that was the first time I saw it. I'm like, this is genius. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So on the converse of listening to all these things, though, 
wear earplugs. And I just, I am such a, you know, just block out the noise because I find that I can get, I'll be getting close to sleep and then something will pull me back from it. It's a noise, it's a light. So I wear the Hollywood shades and earplugs. You know, I am, you know. Every night you wear Hollywood Hollywood shades and earplugs? I sure do. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Well, I thought that was just for traveling. I didn't no, know. Oh no. Every night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if I'm a little diva ish, Sarah, like, <laughs> and do you have your assistant, like pick out your pajamas as well? <laughs> Press them, you know, iron them every night. No. Um, yeah. So, you know, just cut down on the distractions. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, and then going back to her original question about getting up at 5am, you know, mm-hmm. the, Obviously, that's a great way to start your day and get out and feel accomplished and get your blood going and all that. But don't, you know, if, if there is a plan B, you know, I wouldn't make that so much pressure on yourself because that also might add to the fact that you're not sleeping. You're like, oh my God, I got to get up at 4.45 to be running by five or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, so that might add to the stress. So what's your plan B? Is it, okay, I'm going to go for a couple miles by myself at six? Is it, I'm going to yeah. run at lunchtime? Am I going to go to the gym after work, whatever it is, like know that like the 5am call is not the end all be all of whether or not you're going to move that day. And that I think might take some pressure off. Yeah. And know that hopefully that running group will be accepting of, you know, her and uh, Brenda, you know, in six months time when, because, you know, for a lot of people and for me, um, when I went through early menopause that it was a, you know, now I sleep a whole lot better so that, um, you know, it's not, doesn't mean that this is, you're never going to sleep well again for the rest of your life. Sure, so that, sure. so that, that, that 5 a.m. running group can hopefully, you know, still be waiting for you next spring or something like that, Brenda. Sure, sure. Yes, yes. So, all right. So it's not an 800 number, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I am kind of tempted to call that number. <laughs> call it on someone else's phone. The racy, the racy. Yeah. Uh, the number to call with your questions, we hope you have them for us, is 470-BADASS-1. That's 470-223-2771. Please leave your first name, where you're calling from. Keep your message to about 90 seconds. And uh, know that it doesn't ring anywhere. Call day, night, whenever you want. In your middle of your menopausal wake up at 2 a.m. We want to hear from you. Was yeah. that when Brenda called? I hope she kind of did. Oh, I need to look. I need to look. Yeah. So, and we uh, appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen to it. It helps us increase our listenership. So keep the questions coming. We're here with answers and a little hanky panky to go with it. <laughs> yes.